Welcome to the BRB AFK podcast. I am your humble producer, Boston. Joining us here in the Zencast studio, as always, is the time being, Scott. Magic mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest one of all? Snow White. How many fucking times do I have to tell you? Why won't the answer ever change? I want to be the one. Damn it, Snow White. And also joining us, our illustrious host, Ryan Shipley. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm just Jerry. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> what's up? Hey. Let me ask you a question, Boston. When we were first starting recording, because Zencaster is all new and everything, did it throw you off a little bit how it started it? Like the, how it did the countdown? Because the countdown was a lot different. Well, the countdown was a lot more animated this time. Yeah. Like it was, I didn't know what to expect. I assumed it was going to still be the three, two, one. I hit it and I was like, yeah, it was a uh, very interesting because yeah, we're, um, I guess Zencaster, because we've been using Zencaster for two years and this is the first, like what looks like a major update, right? Uh, around there. I know fancy. that Zencaster just had a weird update because now apparently they are trying to be a full production studio where you can record do the post-production and then host it from Zencaster. Uh, but Transistor, yeah. the place that we have been hosting from, they've now introduced achievements. Wait, to... we can get achievements now on Transistor? Yeah. So what do we gotta do? Uh, let me see here. What do we what 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 do we what are the ones that just popped up when I logged in? Uh, first episode, which we did quite some time ago. <laughs> Congrats on releasing 50 episodes. Which we All have right. that achievement at now. We have an one single episode that reached fifty downloads. Hell yeah! Uh, we have two thousand. We've 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 broken two thousand concurrent downloads. Hell yeah! Which I, nice. I mean, two thousand two hundred thirty downloads for the for the entirety of the the show. Okay. I know I know some big big names out there. Those numbers aren't that great, but they're still pretty yeah. good. Yeah, anyway, David, exactly. um, good for us. <laughs> yeah, and that's just off uh, of Zencaster. I mean, off a of transistor. Apparently, we have listeners in 10 countries. You did oh. right, we do. So Nice. That's for Danya. Um, Welcome. And yes, congrats on publishing for Shit's two years. Global. We got a, we got a two, two-year birthday. Hell yeah, we just, we're just racking uh, up these achievements. What did, we, what did we get ourselves? I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just cool little badges that they have on there. Like, there's nothing. Nice. They're, not giving any, they're not giving anything for free, assholes. Yeah. I do like, uh, yeah, the next one line is a publishing streak, so I don't know what that's uh, entailing. I wonder if it's like uh, like once every two weeks, once every month. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> may, actually, update on time for a fucking two weeks in a row. <laughs> we also took a, a two month vacation, so you know what's whatever. We didn't need that achievement. Yeah, no, good. No, so no, we didn't no, get that no. achievement. But yeah, so um, and I think that's just Zencaster. So I bet that doesn't even like pull in like what we do from Apple and all the other Stitcher and all the other ones. So yeah, I don't. I'm not really sure how that works. Uh, if it counts any of the. Uh, any of the feed, uh, the feed downloads. Yeah, because I think the transistor is what helps us get onto like, like on Podcast Addict. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was checking that the other day because we have a we have a friend, uh, Brian uh, Parkinson, who does uh, his own podcast, but for some reason it's not been showing up in 
other apps and I'm just trying to figure out like what the cost could be. And I think it may be transistor transistor. I think that may be a part of the, uh, of what it does is it, is it reaches out and puts it available to all those, uh, all those sites. Any podcast network is effective. You're, you're going up to Apple, handing them your address and being like, Hey, can you please go pick up my podcast from here and, uh, let people see it on your platform. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much, Apple. So yeah, thank so, you, Apple, yeah. for but creating severance. Um, <laughs> damn right. So much more stuff. Yes, that was amazing. Did you start watching Severance yet, Boston? So I haven't actually seen any episodes. Yeah, but the Late Show came on with Stephen Colbert. Yeah, and they did like a little parody of Severance of him just being like the first one to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they just, yeah, just fired from the Sever- yeah. That's hysterical. So Scott and I um, do a weekly meeting with a friend of ours, uh, Natalie. Just watch through the rest of Better Call Saul, which, by the way, phenomenal. Phenomenal. So I can't say if it's better than Breaking Bad. I think both shows are at least on equal pairing. I agree 100%. And and Natalie, the friend we watched with, she she says it's better. Yeah. Uh, But I'm kind of like... Kind of more where Ryan's at. It's hard to say. They're they're both so freaking good. Yeah, and also there's always that. What is that called? Recency bias, where it's like the thing you last seen is in your mind. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but um, both shows are incredible, and I think they really stuck the landing with um with Better Call Saul. Yep. Yeah, it's so weird because you know the last few episodes of Better Call Saul have primarily been black and white, um, and I just finished a, a game on the xbox game pass called trek to yuma or yuma. yeah um super cool game but that was also done in black and white but unfortunately the black and white in that game fucked with my eyes where oh. i couldn't read all the subtitles so after a while uh, the, i just gave up on the story the, the subtitles the subtitles were hard to read uh very hard to read they they blended in too much with with the backgrounds um phenomenal looking game it's like i'm like if you've not played it it's kind of like a samurai uh limbo or what's the other one they did inside uh, yeah, yeah inside yeah I guess, uh, yeah Sam- samurai limbo although those words by themselves are glorious to hear <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes um i thought the stages are really good the only thing i didn't like it had one of my pet peeves with these kind of games where you can't replay the level. So if you're trying to get all the collectibles, oh, you um, can't. You skip something. You can't replay a level. Yeah, mm, yeah. You got you to start. You got to start from scratch again. Yeah, which because it gets you stressful as you're playing the game because you're like, okay, if I move over to this next screen, is it going to have me like slide down a hill where I can't get back to explore other? Yeah, areas? then you're stuck. Yeah. So. And I have really bad OCD with that kind of stuff. That's, I think, one of the reasons why I never played Skyrim, because there's just so many different possibilities of what you could do in a game. Oh, sure. And it frustrated me because I'm like, I'm not going to see everything in this game. I'm going to miss out on so much. But with this game, Trek to Yumi, I finally just kind of like accepted that it wasn't going to happen. Did you play through the whole game, Boston? I I didn't get through the whole game. I got through the childhood and into some of the... Hunting the Bandits as an adult. Okay, so you were uh, right around like level two, level three. Yeah, and they some. I don't remember exactly what it was, but something happened that made me go, "Oh, it's going to be like that," and I stopped playing. But I I can't honestly remember what that was anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, 
it's it's weird. Um, I don't. Well, there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens in the village after the second ep- ish, uh, second level. So I wonder if something there happened that did it to you. I've had a I've had a weird streak recently where if a game doesn't have an autosave or like if I if I lose just a whole lot of progress by dying, yeah, I will I will just go ahead and take a break. Or especially if it's like some, a game that I just started playing, and they're like, mm, "We're gonna, you know, oh, you you died once. We're gonna uh, set you back three hours worth of progress." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and I don't need to stress right now. I'll come back later. Yeah, no. I, yeah. You play to come back like the next day or whatever in like a month because what, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, That's how it goes for me. Yeah, Elden Ring for me. Um, I got yeah, same, same. And I was finally like, you know what? I'm just going to take a week because I had been screaming. I had been doing a lot of like stuff <laughs> I don't want to do when I play video games. Right, right. But let me put this down for a week and I'll come back. And every time I was like, okay, it's time to come back, I would look at it and go, I don't want to come back. Because I had done all the exploration I figured I was going to do up till the, till the end game. Right. Uh, yeah. So I couldn't say, oh, well, I can, like in other parts of that game, I go, like, you know what, I can go run around, level up a little bit more, have some more fun. But I was... In, at basically at the end of the game so at that point it was just like i don't really have any reason to come back into this if i'm, if I'm not yeah it'll push up no more stress what was it i was playing recently there's a game i was playing recently that I, I had i was stuck in an area and for some reason i i think it was borderlands 3 i was going back through okay. and rather than try to like go back and level up and get more loot i just kept persisting in the same just kept grinding the same enemy over and over again dying and then like all right one more time all right one more time uh-huh maybe we should get better no i got it this time and then i got it did they ever fix the issues you had with borderlands to my understanding no okay and even the funnier part is part of the reason why i'm pretty sure epic gave us borderlands 3 for free that's all about tiny scene of wonderland now so like there's no there's currently no uh, uh, support or anything, nothing new except for a few hot fixes are going live for Borderlands anymore. Okay, because they're probably right now focused more on four, and then also they just brought out that Tiny Tina thing, and they have uh, yeah, t- and Tiny. From what I've heard, Tiny Tina is crushing like every other uh, Borderlands game as far as people's uh, reactions and enjoyment to it. I oh, can wow. see that because it's also got a lot of the it's D and D flavored, and D and D is very popular right now. Yes, the and nerds have spoken. Yes. And I guess like a Bingy reported to us all day. We have a chat, the three of us and Bingy, and all day Bingy kept throwing in information from uh, GamersCon that's happening as we record this mm-hmm. GamerCon, and I guess they're going to do. Uh, a sequel of sorts to Tales from the Borderland, or at least another one. Uh, that was actually one of my fa- one of the things I really enjoyed with playing through three was uh, a lot of Tales characters were showing up. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that I is. really dug. That's the only real Borderlands game that I think I played to completion. Was uh, mm. but this will be a little different because the first one was Telltale Games, and I think Borderland. Uh, I think Gearbox is doing this um, in house, aren't they? Oh, oh! I don't know. I have to. I'll take a look. Yeah, I think I read that somewhere that that was. Uh, that's what they're doing. I think it's more in house because I think Telltale Games is back as a studio, but I think they're working on right now uh, the Fables game, 
The Expanse, and maybe a Star Trek game. Oh, the mm. a Star Trek game? An Expanse yeah. game? Yeah, the Expanse game. Yeah, I'm curious about that, that too. Today. Hopefully, I wonder, though, if they're going to do a new cell structure where they stop doing episodic and just release it all on one game. Because I wonder if the episodic stuff is one of the things that hurt them. Well, I know for myself, I usually don't. I usually won't buy them until they're all out. Okay. So that that may be part. You know, you may have a point. Yeah. Uh, so I wonder if that has to. Be, and then plus, I think too, like a lot of people would go, "Oh, cool! I'm going to download this." But they always would do like such great sales that I never saw a reason of buying each episode as it came out because I knew sooner or later I was going to be able to find that thing exactly off. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. another reason why I waited too. Even and though I really wanted to play them. Yeah, and then you think too, like how much money they doled out to get the licenses, since everything they did except for Sam and Max was um, licensed content. Sam and Max stand, stood on its own. Sam and Max was great. Uh, oh, so good. <laughs> now, one thing I saw today, this is a game that last year Boston was talking about a lot. In October, Star Citizen will have been crowd crowdfunding for a full decade. Wow. Absolutely insane to me. They're currently at $494 million. <laughs> wow. Raised through their crowdfunding, and no launch date is in sight. I was just kind of browsing and doom scrolling one night. I looked on my desktop, and I saw the launcher for it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I went ahead and got the uh, the recent updates and, and hopped on. It's actually, I mean, they, 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 are, they are creating something there. Like, there is substance. Yeah. Why don't we just start a Kickstarter for yeah. the most insane, absolutely ridiculous game we could come up with. <laughs> yeah. That we're never going to make happen. So, but here's the thing, <laughs> Just cash though. out the money. Is this, does this feel like a scam where they're funneling money? I or mean... Or is our laundry money? Or is this just where they're being honest, but they just keep saying, hey, I, now let's add this, let's add this, let's add that. I mean, I hope that's what it is. It's, it's, it's a game right now, right? There's a game in there. You can actually play it right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can you can you can play it, and there's a entire there's an entire solar system to explore with a ship. Um, you can create parties. You can go uh, hunt down space pirates. You can go mining for uh, for resources. Uh, you can fly a ship that was way too big into a cavern. That was really fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> a, we we got <laughs> we got stuck in a cavern, and there was like no way. Uh, there was because the, the, the geometry just kind of exists. That no one, like if, if you go in, if you go in World of Warcraft, ninety five percent of the geometry, there's a way you can get out, right? Because right, it right. was handcrafted yeah. right. by a studio. Okay, a lot of this was procedurally generated or made to look like an actual cave system. So sometimes you fall in. And unless you want to go ahead and like let your character die and lose all your resources, you just you just don't get out. So uh, I actually went. Uh, I was I was able to get out. I, I didn't fall down the hole that Kim and uh, Aaron, my friend Aaron, had fallen down. So I ran and found Aaron's ship, hopped into the front seat, and then I flew it into the cave system. And, like so carefully, I'm sitting there like in third person view, just 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 trying not to to do too much damage to blow it up take this huge ship into that cavern and then lower it down as best i could (laughs) until they could hop on one of the wings and then raised back up 
and then parked it so we could all get back in. It was wow. It was intense. That's great. Now, give me an idea. This game is almost a decade old. So this game mm-hmm. will, if it comes out in the next two years, it'll have been being created through three different presidential administrations. <sighs> oh, man. Um, That's true. That let's let's mm. go to half. All right, here's my question. Yeah. Let's go half of the first. This game being completed or George R. R. Martin finishing Game of Thrones? Oh, damn. Okay. George R. <laughs> R. R. Martin could die. Um, uh, yeah, and he gets distracted <clears throat> by everything. Yes, I honestly don't know. I honestly think it's going to end up being. I could tell right now the hack jokes will be using that it's been 84 years. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it will. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course, you um, know, it's going to. I'm going to say this is going to come out before George R. R. Martin finishes. God, you know, I hate as much as I hate to say it, you're probably right. And the funny thing is, George R.R. R. Martin is still trolling people because he said he's about to finish one of the POV chapters of Winds of Winter. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. And the last book Which came means out, nothing. Yeah. The last book came out in 2011. So that book has been going on a little bit longer than Star Citizen. Um, Gosh, wow. Reset Era did look at some budgets for different games. Uh, to kind of compare with the almost $500 million so far that has been sunk into Star Citizen. Uh-huh. Uh, these aren't official numbers, but um, Grand Theft Auto V supposedly cost $236 million, and mm-hmm. Red Redemption 2 might have been around $400 million. Right. I can um, see it. Yeah. I wonder if they're having other, if they have other revenues and money coming in as well, and how much money the people that are at the top of the ladder for star citizen, how much that money they're just funneling into their own bank account. That's what I'm, that's what I'm wondering. Like what's, yeah. what's going into this, their pockets and what's going back into the game. Yeah. yeah. Does the game right now look like a big budget game, Boston, when you play it? I mean, is it I mean, it, janky? Uh, so when I first, when I first got the client, there was a bit of jank to it. Yeah. But after one of the, uh, after one of the last updates about mm, three or four months ago, uh, it smoothed out a lot of the uh, NPC animations, and honestly, it feels it, it, it feels like a living. It feels like a real world. It it feels okay. like you know what you would almost like an episode of The Expanse. Like just there are people, they are doing things, and they're yeah. you know they're fixing things. They're working on the space station as you're moving through, and you yeah. have jobs that you need to do and go take care of. And like, there's not quite. Uh, there's not quite like storyline like probably is going to be with Starfield or any of the other, even No Man's Sky had sort of a overarching story. Yeah. Uh, or also, if you if you really if you really enjoy spaceflight, uh, check out Chorus on uh, Xbox Game Pass. Anyway, um, but it's it's very almost like kind of Rust or Daisy, where like it looks it does look good, but like you're just you have to make. You have to go find your own fun. Well, is it like so? When No Man's Sky was first released, it was just a bunch of uh, of the same nothing. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. Like a ton of stuff to go to, a ton of places to explore and things, but there wasn't much variety. Is that how and this nothing is? Nothing to do in the places. Not uh, a so whole lot. No. There at least there is. Um, it's not that bad. Okay. Um, because one of the things one of the things they do is like there is. Nothing is procedurally generated as you approach it. Like okay. if there wasn't any procedural generation, it was done beforehand. Oh, and then yeah, you yeah. 
then they just you know that's that's more or yeah, that's the planet now up. but it's not so it's not always changing but no it is a fixed it's a fixed solar system some of the places are kind of the same just because the same company that's making all the the bases that you're going to mm-hmm. it'd be right. like man i went to seven nasa observatories and they all look the same no shit <laughs> um <laughs> So like there is some there is some unique some uniqueness to every to each place, but for the most part, it's based on kind of the manufacturer. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah of, each, of each item. I can't think of a good well Borderlands again. <laughs> oh, no, that's a good to. example. Like, that's a good example. It's yeah. like this is a Hyperion base. This is a Malawan base. Right. But I assume yeah, I assume it's got to have something there because I think after a while, if it was kind of scammy, people would probably stop crowdfunding it yeah like it definitely from what i've from what i've seen and what i've heard people at least feel like they're getting what they're paying for well that's at least a plus yeah and you can't really call this like vaporware like duke nukem forever was for a long time because there's actually a game here that people are playing yeah there is there is a game that is being played so take that i don't know don't, don't know where i was going with that one um yeah, yeah, yeah it's still just very odd to think 10 years that's a very long time yeah it's an extremely long time and my god it's a lot of money that's uh 12 <laughs> years less than what Castaway. <laughs> because you made me feel super oh, yeah. old when you sent that to me today that <laughs> the movie Castaway celebrated its 22nd anniversary this year so i, so I don't know if there was a wow. an anniversary or anything is but when you uh, when we were doing our homework, spoilers, I was like, "Well, that's one of, that's one of my favorite movies, so it's going on the list." I'm sitting there like scrolling through the list of movies, and it just kept just kept going and going and going, and I was like, "But wait, no, hold up, no, Castaway, yeah. 2000." <gasps> and honestly, Wilson doesn't look a day over ten. Nope, Wilson still so, yeah, so still well. knocking it out there. That would always be my favorite thing is when uh, best friend of the show, Aylin, and my friend Jason were making that Tom Hanks fighter for Mugen, and they put one of his victory <laughs> where Wilson comes rolling in, and Tom Hanks screams, Wilson! So, oh my god, I forgot about uh, Mugen. Uh, such such good stuff. Oh, I wonder if that community still even exists. I think it does, because every, every now and then I'll go to YouTube and try to find uh, the Mario they did, and you'll just mm-hmm. put a Mugen, and I see a lot of like newer style characters. So I think people are still making uh, stuff for it. I bet you know, like anything <sighs> on the internet, it's got to have that very devoted, probably not a huge following now, but enough. But still of highly following. devoted. Yeah, because I think they took a full, almost a, at least a full summer to make that Mario for that game. They were basically hanging out every day making it. Um, so I bet it's just like with game facts, people who make game facts, there are people oh, out there that are okay with spending the rest of eternity working on a game facts for Kirby's buffet. <laughs> hey man, um, I, I'm still, I, I'm still upset that I never actually published it because reasons I wrote one for parasite Eve. You did not. Oh, really? I wrote one for parasite Eve because it pissed me off so much. <laughs> That the official the official guide that I was given, yeah, didn't, uh, yeah, it was the, it was the official guide from like uh, Prima Games or whatever, yeah, didn't have all of the 
didn't have all of the stuff. Really? Like it was missing things that I found. Really? Wow. So you I actually found... made your fact for game facts. Yeah, I, I, I started, I think I only got halfway done is why I don't think I've published it. But yeah. I, I was like, all right, y'all, y'all, every, everyone has failed me. So I guess I got to <laughs> do it myself. Uh, yeah. You're basically like thinking of fine, I'll do it myself. Um, that's crazy. Uh, that's really weird. Um, one thing I noticed, like speaking of weird and uh, there's a lot of times where when you look back at something from your past, it's probably better not to because you forget <laughs> how awful it is. Um, yes. Short Circuit 2. So you remember <laughs> Short Circuit as a fun, fun movie, right? Yes, yes. Now, Here's the problem with Short Circuit. The lead human actor, Johnny Five's okay. Johnny Five will always be okay. Um, oh, that's, yeah. Johnny Five's I think I know, alive. I think I know where you're going with this. The lead actor, Fisher Stevens, who is a white man... <laughs> Played a man, for, a scientist from India, and okay. he did it in brownface. No way. This is a 1980s movie, by the way. This isn't like something from the 30s or the 40s. This is from the 80s, 1986, I think 86 to be exact. But well, I mean, wasn't played- that wasn't that the year that uh you know uh, the Simpsons first started coming out with Apu? I think it's probably right around that area. Area he now nowadays he feels haunted that he did this role, uh-huh. but at the time he thought it would be perfectly fine. He um, read Indian books. He studied with a dialect coach, and he actually lived in India for a month before shooting the sequel. Really? But if you look at pictures, complete white guy, and then you see him. He's making a stereotypical Indian pose, and he is brown-faced. <laughs> All dark, right. Dark brown face. So it started making me think of what are some more of these kind of awful castings like this. Um, I don't count uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder as that, because I think he was playing a parody of those kind of actors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so satirical. But do you remember a movie that came out in 1986 called Soul Man? Oh, uh, yes. Man. Wait. So it's something about a, sounds familiar about a guy that wants to get in call into college and he's worried that his grades aren't good enough for as a white person. Yes. But because of affirmative action, he thinks he could get in if he was African-American. So he goes uh, brown faces well. And oh, it no. gets worse there. I looked at a scene where he meets um, his white girlfriend's parents. Oh, and no. the racism and the fact that this movie is not like, you know, from the 30s or the 40s. The movie is from 1986. Uh-huh. And not only is it like blatantly racist, it made money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, what was the thing? What was the thing I saw the other day? Uh, technically, uh, America, uh, America as we know it, really has only existed for about three adult lifetimes. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, yeah, but it's like, movies- oh wow, you're God, yeah, that's yeah, that's um, crazy when you put it like that, though. Yeah, 
but here is the worst example I could. Well, the worst example of this is Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's a very classic movie. Really, um, Audrey Hepburn is amazing in it. But in the middle of this movie, I think he plays her landlord is Mickey. Oh, my God. What's his name? Hang on a second. I got to find this. Thankfully, you guys can. Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney plays her landlord, I believe. And he is stereotypical Japanese. Squinty what? eyes, really? the buck teeth, everything. In the middle of this perfectly classic film, Breakfast at Tiffany, is Mickey Rooney playing a <laughs> oh, very racist Japanese man. Look it up real quick. Yeah. 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 And it sticks out like a sore thumb. Uh, of course. He plays uh, I wonder Moshi. And here's the thing. I said 1930s for this movie. This movie is 1961. Roger Stephanie's, yeah. Yes. Uh look at him. Just pull it up. He's got the thick glasses, the buck teeth. And we wonder why Kei Hoi Kwan uh wanted to get out of acting until recently. Yeah. Now <laughs> one good thing is they did say in like newer versions of Breakfast at Tiffany's, they've edited out his character um and for some people that's strong criticism because they're like you know this is what the movie was at the time um and all that but it's such a weird when you're watching a movie it there's a movie that came out recently licorice pizza and yeah licorice pizza has a white guy in the movie who's married to a japanese person who opens the first hibachi buffet in california and for reasons unknown to me his character speaks in stereotypical Japanese. Oh, no. And they never address it, like call him out for being an asshole, anything like that. It's just the movie. And it's very, very weird. <laughs> but the Mickey Rooney thing, because I saw Breakfast at Tiffany's, you know, I enjoyed that song. So I decided I'm going to just check out the movie. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, yeah. In fact, Breakfast at Tiffany's is the name, is the song we played at the beginning of this episode. Uh, sure. Yeah, it was. But, I was watching this movie, and when this scene hit, I was stunned. Like, I don't... Yeah, I've got the pictures pulled up right now. That's insane. Isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Here comes the worst. There was a movie in 1956 called The Conqueror. It's about uh, Genghis Khan. Without looking it up, can you guess who played Genghis Khan? Uh, Sean Connery, wasn't it? It was not Sean Connery. Oh. It was John Wayne. What? John oh Green, God, who, that's like, right. At the time, must have felt like, "Hey, I don't want to get stereotyped as a cowboy, so I'm going to get stereotyped as Mongolians now." Well, there you go. Now, the thing is, if you look at pictures of him, he's not. Thankfully, he doesn't look like he's trying to be stereotypical. They've not painted his skin or any crazy racist shit like that. Okay, but he is playing Genghis Khan. Yeah, he. uh because I think even at the time though he, he didn't you didn't need he didn't need to he was just like I'm Genghis Khan everyone's like yes sir Mr Wayne uh fucking you're whoever <laughs> you yeah and the more interesting thing is okay there's two things that are very interesting other than the fact that I can't believe this was made by the way 1956 um it was produced by Howard Hughes Howard Hughes the famous like uh, really crazy OCD person I think he was played uh, by Leonardo DiCaprio in the movie The Egg the aviator and yes it was shot in st george utah 
the problem where they shot it at, um, it was used for the site of a lot of nuclear test uh, sites. Oh. And because of that, 21% of the crew, 91 crew members in all, developed cancer during their lifetime. Damn, man. And they think a lot of that happened because of where they shot the film. Right. Yeah. I so, mean, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that's karma or what it is. Karma. But it's like, I'm not going to watch any scenes from this movie because this could be like the fucking ring. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't need that on my... But you yeah. that shit in your life? Yeah, uh, because the director died of cancer seven years after the film's released. Uh, one of them uh, diagnosed with kid- kidney cancer. Uh, John Wayne, uh, Hayward, and Moorhead, all the think of main actors, all died of cancer in the 1970s. Um, yeah, 91 people that were on that were on the crew and the cast of that movie um, died of cancer. Take that, Alf. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and you know, obviously, cancer is not a laughing thing because we have people, unfortunately, that are stricken with cancer. But right. it's just one of those things where, yeah, they shot in that location because of how cheap it would be. Which I'm sure is also the reason why they didn't actually hire a true Asian uh, actor to play John Wayne. I mean, to play Genghis it's got to be great if they played John Wayne <laughs> in the movie. Um, because I bet at that time, you would probably not sink that much money into a movie with yeah, uh, it's just, right. a minority actor. Because they were probably like, oh, nobody's going <laughs> to come see this because we're all shitty racists. <laughs> I mean, at least know your audience, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess you got to know your audience. Um but I guess it was um, Hughes felt guilty about his decisions regarding the film's production, particularly over the decision to film at a hazardous site. Um, he actually ended up buying every print of the film for $12 million and kept it out of circulation for many years until Universal's Pictures um, purchased the film from his estate in 1979. Oh, wow. It was, one of the, yeah. it was one of the films he watched endlessly during his last years. Because when Hughes was close to the last years of his life, he basically, you know, like locked himself into his, into his home. I don't think it, it's kind of like Chuck and better call Saul. He, he was, had really bad mental issues, but yeah. So he kept that film out of circulation as long as he could until universal pictures like, Hey, we, <laughs> we need to show this to people, but yeah, it's, it's kinda, about time. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, and you know, John Wayne, not a good person to begin with. If there's a lot of stuff you can read about John Wayne, he is, he was not a good person. Nah. Yeah. Straight up asshole. Whoa, that's a good accent, Boston. Bit of a con. <laughs> Man, you should be an uh, actor. I've been watching. You're- the I've been trying to catch up with the boys again. Oh, where are you at? In it? <laughs> I haven't actually. I've been. Oh. We get distracted by uh, my recommendation for later. Oh, excited! Okay, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I can also tell everybody uh, I did beat Power Wash Simulator. I heard into it. How did it feel? It felt great. Um, it does have an ending. The last level is it okay if I spoil it, guys? Yeah, it's fine. Oh God, I guess. The last level is a pyramid, and all around you there's volcanoes and stuff is exploding, and you're you're fixed. You're uh, power washing this pyramid, and when you get to the end of the pyramid, a gem appears on the very top of the pyramid. You go up there and you wash that, and when you do. It shoots a giant laser into the volcano, I guess, to stop the <laughs> volcano from erupting. And then a uh, and then a spaceship flies down and shoots something. <laughs> Just something? 
Fantastic. <laughs> and I don't know if you get you guys saw that where I posted where I saw Walter White's van in the desert. Yes. Yeah. That van is the UFO. Because in one episode, you go out to wash the van, and the van turns into that UFO. Oh, wow. Wow. Which makes sense, because his meth was out of this world. Of course. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is a kind of a loosey-goosey episode. Our guest was having technical problems, so hopefully we'll have her on in September. Um, do you guys have anything you want to chat about? I just, I just want, I just want to make sure that you didn't do my homework for nothing. No, 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 no. We're doing the Tom Hanks <laughs> thing. Don't worry. All right. He is worried with this Tom Hanks oh, thing, man. Here's something we can talk about. Um, so you did see. Uh, I had asked you all to list your top three favorite condiments, right? Yes. All right. So there's a reason. That was last week, right? Yeah. There's a reason okay. why I wanted you to do that. This happened in. Um, this happened back in June, the end of June. Um, it looks like it was in Atlanta at a subway station. This guy, um, this employee was shot and killed Mm. because a customer got upset about a condiment placed on his sandwich. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. Um, I'd be upset if a condom was placed on my sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What if it wasn't used though? What if it was still like in this wrapping? I mean, still a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and this is going from uh, CNN. Um, the subject came into his restaurant to order a sandwich, and there was something wrong with the sandwich that made him so upset that he decided to take out his anger on the two other employees that were there. Um, it looks like the reason why they were angry was that uh, they had put too much mayonnaise on his sandwich. So it's not even that it was the wrong condiment. It was just too much of one. It was too much, which makes me thank God that he's never going to Burger King and order like their classic chicken sandwich. Because <laughs> that thing is fucking loaded. In like mayonnaise. ever gone to a Jimmy John's. Yeah, uh-huh. Those people will be dead. Um, but yeah, there was too much mayonnaise on his sandwich. So my first question wow. to you is there any condiment that you hate so much that if somebody put too much con- of it on your sandwich, you might end up killing someone? This is hypothetical. So I know the real Scott and the real Boston would never kill somebody over a condiment. But I don't know. Speak for yourself, Boston. <laughs> for me, it would be I'm mustard. Pretty picky. Be what? I hate mustard. So <laughs> for me, it would be. It depends on what it's for, because, like, I despise ketchup on hot dogs. Can't really? stand it. I would rather eat dirt. Okay. But I love ketchup on fries. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, if you give me a hot dog and you pour it with ketchup, then I might have to stick a knife in you. What's your hot dog toppings, then? Uh, pretty much everything but ketchup. So chili, uh, you know, like mustard, Chili, relish. mustard. I can do relish. Uh, onions. No ketchup though. But you can do ketchup on hamburgers, French fries. Yeah, it's so weird. Okay. But I don't usually though. Okay. Uh, um, hamburgers, I mostly do uh, uh, mustard and mayo. Okay. All right. What about you, Boston? Sauerkraut. Okay. See, I think I sauerkraut don't... would be the only topping that I could possibly get the hemet over. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's, too, that's much. too much. I've too never far. had sauerkraut in my life. So I think for me, it's a, it just has a weird look to it. It almost looks like an onion. So it kind of freaks me out. Uh, yes. So you're saying you can do a little bit of sauerkraut, but not too much sauerkraut. 
no, no. Uh, oh. Just about any amount general. of sauerkraut would probably be too much. Okay. No, I get it. Well, I know it's not really a condiment, but that's how I feel about peas. So, yeah. mm, fair, fair. You hate peas like uh, you really hate peas. I, I, that, that, that'll make that'll make me kill a motherfucker. With that out of the way, what is your favorite condiments? Oh, I will I ranch will. dressing. You like ranch? See, I'm not a ranch guy. I like blue cheese. I could eat ranch on anything. Really? Yes. Even hot dog? I would eat ranch on a hot dog over ketchup. Okay, all right. So, and and you're like, there's a lot of people that feel that way. That if you're, you know, I think if you're in a ranch camp, you're in the ranch camp fully. Oh yeah, I'm ride or die ranch. Okay, ride over, or die. Uh, blue cheese for dipping too, right? For hot hot wings. Oh, for sure, for sure. Okay. Basically, right. I eat salad with my ranch. <laughs> okay. I mean, if I if I've eaten a salad, that's, that's how it goes. So, do you have a go-to brand? Just yeah, a Hidden Valley. Yeah, it's probably it probably is Hidden Valley. I mean, I'm okay. trying to think of anything else I get besides Hidden Valley. Okay. So yeah, I, I, I guess Hidden Valley, but not mostly just because that's what's there. Okay. <laughs> you know. What's your top condiment, uh, Boston? Honey mustard. Honey mustard. Oh, okay. good answer. Honey mustard is is. I'm okay. jealous of Boston's answer right now. Although, weirdly, I love honey mustard as a dipping sauce. I don't like it like on like a sandwich or hamburger. Yeah, I like I love it as a dipping, but when it gets on as a sauce, as like a a spread, that's when I'm not as big a fan. I'm I'm okay with his spreads. Uh, recently, it's been like actual salad dressing, salad dressing. Okay. Because uh, we've been trying to be healthy I'll and going. taking so, so, taking salads to work and such. So, oh, look at you, salads to hey, work. Nice. Yeah. How is that? How is that? How's that uh, working out for you? Because I know, like you, you, I'm hungry a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what a zombie feels like all their life now. Yes. Are there? Get ready for the drums. They're unlife. Oh, well, I don't get it. You know, because they're dead. <sighs> Oh, oh, my bad. I was starting at that. <laughs> That's hurtful. Looks high. Yeah. So speaking of sauce, dipping sauce, what's your favorite dipping sauce and which and where from? And where from? Oh shit. Um I mean I'd have to technically I'd have to still stick with honey mustard, uh, but it would be uh, O'Charlie's has the best uh honey mustard in my opinion. Oh, they have a really solid honey mustard. God, I don't have an answer to this. I really like McDonald's hot mustard. That's, I guess, the only mustard I like. Is it hot, hot McDonald's mustard. hot mustard? Yeah, the hot mustard from McDonald's. And yeah. then I really like um, horsey sauce from Arby's. Yeah, yes, you do. <laughs> horsey sauce from Arby's is good. And here's so the, you get that smell out of my seats. Wait, what did I get? Horsey sauce on your seats? No, I, I, I'm exaggerating. I was exaggerating. Okay. No. Okay. You did um, not spill horsey sauce in my car. Okay. <laughs> the reason, so when um, Boston will take me to, to Arby's to get to get some dinner, um, I'm always very specific with the amount of sauce that I want. Um, it's six packs of horsey sauce. Got it. To go. How did you? How did you? Yes, to go. Always to go. How did you? How, how did you determine that was your number? Um, I think just out of like you know forty seven years, forty six years on this planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just right over time and yeah. error, trial and error. I don't think you figured I'll probably do more. Than six packs, but I feel yeah. like asking for like ten or so is just a little bit too much. Is that six per sandwich? Six per order. Six and per order. Okay. okay. Arby's Arby's doesn't do that nonsense where you can get like two packs and you have to pay for anything extra. Right. Like, right. 
that frustrates me so much when you go into a place and you're like, why do I need to pay you an extra 30 cents for this extra Zaxby sauce? Can we can we go on a bandwagon about a bandwagon about frustrations right now? Because I got one. Okay, what's your frustration, buddy? Uh, <laughs> the fact that I have a good friend here uh, who bought me a host of this podcast uh, decided oh. to buy me a Chick Fil A milkshake the other day. He was like, "Hey, okay. we were we were at Kroger's, you know, off Cedar Bluff." He's like, "Hey, you want to go to Chick Fil A? I'll buy you a milkshake." That's all you have to say. I'll drive I'll drive to Nashville if you're gonna buy me a Chick Fil A milkshake. Uh-huh. Yep. So we go to Chick Fil A. And, you know, we place the order and I say, hey, you know, I like a chocolate milkshake, large. And they come back with this disturbing message of, uh, oh, I'm sorry, sir. We only have one size now. Will that be okay? I was like, yeah, uh, I guess so. Uh, so we get up there, get this, get this cup. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, it had to be at least half the size of what they normally charge. It looked uh, like maybe like a small or medium from like. Yeah. And I messaged my brother because because we, we 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 always go to Chick Fil A for milkshakes all the time. And he was like, "Yeah," uh, he said, "I went there recently too, and they uh, apparently they're just doing one size." But the, but I didn't know what they charged because you bought it. And he was like, "But they charge the exact same price." Yeah, I think it was something like close to five bucks, which really annoyed me. Like I don't do Chick Fil A often because I think the prices is ridiculous and right you know, their, their their politics. Um, but five bucks for that really made me mad. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know you paid five bucks for that. Would have made me mad. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy that was behind the counter, you know how they have to say "my pleasure" at the end of everything. Yes. He was saying it after every freaking sentence. Oh God, I didn't even catch that. Was he? Yeah, and you know, maybe call me cynical, but I don't think it was his pleasure. No, I don't think it was. Something yeah. <laughs> did not sound right about that. See, and that's something fun I can do because, like, typically uh, my friends, because I don't drive, will take me to Kroger's and places like that and I always try to get them something for the effort. I know Scott loves Chick-fil-A uh, uh, ice cream floats or whatever they're called. Uh, yeah. Shakes. And I shakes. know Boston loves Burger King. <laughs> Damn right I do. If Burger hey, King I, lo- is I love listening, Burger King as well. I'm with if you. Burgers, Burger King is one of our 2,000 listeners or they're on, like, a... Apple podcast listening, whatever. If you want a mascot or a spokesperson, not a mascot, because I don't think Boston would wear like a king outfit. It depends um, on what how many whoppers I might. Given. Okay. Boston yeah. I might. is down for Burger King. And also Burger King, good job on the French fries. Yeah. They are so much better nowadays. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Boston turned king. me Boston turned me around on the French fries too. Also, by the way, last night when you brought me Wendy's Boston, how many yes. of those fries did you eat? A third. There was, it was a third. Okay, about, about a third. I tried to. Okay, I tried to make sure I didn't take half. Because <laughs> <laughs> Dave was Dave was sad because I usually will will uh, split the French fries with Dave. Uh-huh, but when yeah. I when I pulled the French fries out, I was like. Boston took Dave's portion. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Dave gets none. Sorry, Dave. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Um, my Uber guy today, when he was taking me back from the comic store, uh, we stopped at Wendy's, the one on here on Cedar Bluff, which has really gone downhill in the last couple of years. And oh, no, has it? We were in line, and I ordered my spicy chicken sandwich with no <laughs> lettuce and a, a large Cherry Coke Zero. And then he started going, we don't have uh, any of that anymore. And then he started going through what they did have. And then I finally said, I don't want the, I don't want the meal. I'll just take the sandwich and the fries. And he goes one second. And then there was like a seven or eight minute wait. (laughs) 
and he what? never came back. And we kept saying hello, and he would be just like one second, and he never really was coming back. This somehow destroyed every part of his fiber, me changing my order. So I finally just told the Uber guy, hey, let's just go. Wow. Because you're also sitting there feeling uncomfortable because the Uber guy, you're kind of taking his time. No, Mm -hmm. yeah, I get it, yeah. Yeah, so I finally was just like, and then that Uber driver, when we got back on Cedar Bluff, he was like, man, that Wendy's has gone downhill in the last couple years. And (laughs) I had to agree with him. This Wendy's used to be top-notch Wendy's. Um like Don't you dare cancel an order, though. Yeah, I felt like it was like the what that movie Minority Report, where they had like those um, precogs, because as yeah. soon as you place your order, it was ready for you. Um, yeah. But now that Wendy's has gone to shit, and I don't know if it's just because they're not properly staffed anymore, which I'm sure that's a big part of it. I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, that Wendy's has fallen to pieces. I've done Uber Eats on it twice. All in the pieces once again. It was like uh, that. It's that time when yeah, I asked the girl to for to put it in two bags. <laughs> that was the oddest thing. Somehow, I know. asking for an order to be split into two bags became this. Uh, two bags. It, it became like impossible, an impossible I know. task. They wanted two bags. Yeah, I know, right? Two bags. She was like, she was like, boss, I'm not kidding. She was like, I, I don't know if I can do that, or I forget, I forget what she said, but I was like, yeah. what? And, I just and wanted two separate bags. Whoever designed Taco Bell's bags sucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Taco Bell bag is the worst bag. What well, the Taco Bell bag do ever do to you? It has no handle so for one. What do you rank is the one best did. bag? The best bag when you go to a fast food restaurant? Yes. I honestly don't know. I just remember the Taco Bell one used to be so good, and then it became shit. Well, shit. Mm. Yeah, because I guess most of them don't have handles. I guess Zaxby's maybe has handles. I don't think Wendy's I don't does. I, don't I wouldn't Wendy's know because does. I can't get my order from Wendy's because I asked. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so uh, Scott and I um, went to the movie the other day, um, and this is exciting for everybody that listens. Uh this year, when Boston, when Scott does the top movies that he's seen this year, he yep. has seen more than two movies. <laughs> yes, I have already. Finally. Already. So, and it's so, only it's only August. Yeah, so this list is going to have stuff in it. Yeah, but, it's going to have stuff in it, baby. But Scott and I went and saw the Elvis movie. Um, we did. Now I know Elvis is problematic for a lot of people. Um, yep. But I think we're probably that last generation that kind of, in a way, grew up on Elvis music. I would say that's probably accurate. a little, yeah. I mean, on the back end, yeah. Us and everybody who saw Lilo and Stitch as a kid. Lilo and Stitch had a lot of Elvis in it. Yes, yes, it did. Okay, that kind of makes sense because <laughs> he ends his 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 last few years were touring um, Hawaii. Hawaii. Um, but Tom Hanks plays uh, the Colonel in the movie, the guy who basically uh, steals everything from Elvis. And I can tell you the first. 10 15 movies to watching that mo- minutes of watching that movie i wasn't really feeling tom hanks in the movie because the the makeup and all the f- like the the latex they have him under in that movie because uh the colonel is a oh. is a portly fellow um a little bit it looked silly <laughs> it really it felt Chunky silly hanks. to me but after a while you just kind of get into it because you know how boz lerman everything he does is kind of like a fever dream. Um, yeah. And after a while, I kind of started, it takes like 10, 15 minutes to get settled into the movie. But 
Uh, Tom Hanks still does a good job. You end up really hating him in the movie. You and really do. The guy it's... that plays Elvis is phenomenal because it's not. We've seen so many Elvis impersonators over our lifetime that that could easily be just an Elvis impersonator. But I oh. think he did a great job of encapsulizing Elvis. I uh, think if if his career in acting goes to shit, he could be like, all right, fuck it, I'm just gonna be Elvis. Yeah, like he, they, he could go have, be have a career in Las Vegas right now as just an Elvis impersonator. Yeah, and they skirt a lot of the problematic stuff with Elvis, um, mainly turning him into more of a victim in the movie of to like right. uh, being scanned by uh, Colonel Tom Parker. Um, the most interesting thing is we were in a movie. It's just Scott and I and this older couple who ended oh, yes. up uh, parking next to us when we were leaving, and they were furious about they, the they, movie. Oh, they also they also left like five minutes before the movie ended <laughs> yes uh, hold on like i gotta credits. get it, I gotta, oh what it, no go ahead sorry i got what, what is it so what happened they left five minutes before the end of the movie yeah, yeah the, the, the credits hadn't even started nothing like it had had to be at least five minutes before they just walked out yeah they were, walked out were they like friends of the colonel or something no i i don't know what yeah but they were mad that the movie was too dark and depressing and it's yeah. like it's telling the story of elvis it wasn't yeah, like a really happy what happened it wasn't a really happy life, you know, except for the fact uh, that we got to have sex with a 14-year-old. I guess that was great for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, yeah, they, skip over, they skip over all the kind of problematic stuff with Elvis. Right. We, we were kind of talking about this in the uh, the pre-show, and I guess I'm going to bring it back up again. Yeah. That is, that is one of those weird things where, like, I mean, I'm sure it's easier for, for you know, us to 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 be able to kind of have that disconnect yeah 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 like realizing like how many people that we you know, yeah they did they did amazing art but they were just kind of sleazy they they, they yeah. weren't really good people yeah like you but mentioned their, their legacy uh, is going to last forever in their music yeah cuz you mentioned Bowie yeah i yeah. uh, Bowie's one that it, and it's and it's weird too because there's so many so many of my friends that are staunch, staunch feminists, staunch. Uh, they are all for as soon as somebody does something that is you know legitimately wrong. Like, no, we're we're not putting up with that. We're gonna yeah. call them out for it. Like, and I'm all for that. Yeah. But then, like, I'll mention Bowie, and then it, it just crickets. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like it, it's like, well, what about that? What about the thing, the thing you're in love with? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that's just a part of like human nature is it's you are a, more able to forgive somebody or something that you love as opposed to something you already hate. Yeah, um, like it was it was it was pretty it wasn't uh, I, I made I made jokes that it was difficult, but it was pretty easy to, to give up Marilyn Manson. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, uh, and it makes me feel so bad because I have a friend that loves loves Marilyn Manson and he just finally at the end had to say you know Marilyn Manson is a piece of human garbage and he probably came, to, came to terms with it huh yeah yeah um yeah it's just it's just weird it, it is weird like that because like right now um also on the pre-show we were talking about it like I really want to finish the show Castlevania it's by one of my favorite writers of all time Warren Ellis but mm-hmm. it's so much stuff has come out about how bad of a person Warren Ellis it is. And it's just one of those things. Can you separate the art from the artist? Yeah. I had to ask myself that a lot. And I just remember someone mentioning like, 
I was asking, you know, how, how do I separate the art from the artist? She was like, realize, realize that you have the ability to even do that. Mm. Yeah. Like that you even have the availability to be like, well, I guess it doesn't affect me that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah, like, no. oh, oh. Yeah. It was like um, a couple months ago, uh, we did this thing, Scott and I, with another friend. Uh, we do this thing called Movie Pals where we watch old movies and we watched uh, Usual Suspects. And I love that movie, but it is hard to watch that movie with yeah. what you know, what Kevin Spacey is as a person. Oh, yeah. uh, there's a, I don't know if anybody's familiar with, there's a, there's a web comic that was called a uh, short pact. Okay. Uh, I loved it to death. It was a great, great comic. And I, I think he still does. I think he still does stuff with it, but, uh, there was an epic, there was when, when, uh, oh fuck. When Brandon Ruth, Brandon Ruth Superman, yeah, Kevin Spacey was uh, the new Lex Luthor. Yeah, uh, there's a comic that he wrote because it was way it was way before we knew anything about what was happening. Yeah. But the comic is is Superman sitting at like a Whataburger, and Lois is like, "Quick, we got to go save the, save the day. Lex Luthor is just trying to destroy destroy Metropolis." And Superman's like, "Cool." So wait, what? Cool. This Kevin Spacey's so awesome. <laughs> oh. like it was it was Superman fanboying over Kevin yes. Spacey being the new Luther. It's like, oh, this, one did, this didn't age well. This did not age well at all. This did not uh, age well. No, not one bit. Currently getting sued, I think, by the producers behind House of Cards. Oh, he is? Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, 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 and I think he's being. Uh, he, I don't know if he's arrested finally, but I know there is a warrant out for his arrest in the UK over uh, some of the abuse allegations. Wow. Remember, kids, no one in Hollywood will arrest you for doing something shitty. They will if you hurt their bottom line. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, you got to think, how many years did everything about Harvey uh, Wine? No, what is it? Weinstein. Weinstein. How how long that was kind of like a known issue in hollywood mm-hmm. oh yeah before. it was yeah because i mean the only story you'd heard really beforehand was when brad pitt stood up for uh oh god what's her name that has the vagina scented candles Gwyneth paltrow uh that's oh, how god. i had to google in my brain vagina scented candles um where brad you pitt- mean remember something yeah <laughs> yes uh <laughs> brad pitt stood up for her because she was uh because harvey weinstein was trying to convert coerce her back to his uh, hotel room and Brad Pitt had already heard all the stories about what kind of a person Harvey Weinstein was. Yes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we were talking about Elvis. And so I back started, to Elvis. Yeah, back, back to a different yeah. piece of shit. I started thinking, uh, somebody that's decidedly not a piece of shit and is actually probably one of the best actors of his generation um, an all-around swell guy. to another segment of the Big Bingy Theory. If there's one, or to be honest, two things, that the reason why I want to be able to get an Xbox Series X in the future, as well as a PlayStation 5, is not just because for Sinewa Saga 2, but also because of Xbox Game Pass. It's not a bad price for a year's worth of like endless content, especially now since it's becoming a thing where um, 
Xbox users can be able to get the pass and be able to play a lot of games day one. And not to mention some of the exclusive titles that they have on there, like the Halo series, which, you know, for all the pros and cons I've been hearing about when it comes to Halo Infinite, I still want to be able to play it, just be able to get it story-wise, because I haven't gotten back into Halo since Halo 4, I believe. And that was a long time ago. So no, I've not played Guardians and I've not played Infinite. Though I've heard a lot of people say that Guardians is the weakest one of the entire franchise. So when the news started coming out about how PlayStation was going to update the PlayStation Plus brand to a point where they were going to have different uh, sections for different ways of you to be able to not only be able to get online access, you know, the essential stuff, obviously, but also add a little bit of backwards compatibility to it. As time went on, more details started coming out about what you can be able to do, and then the price came out, and at first I can see like it was a little bit of a, a little bit of a steep, but uh, given given my uh, my experience with it so far, I think it's worth it, especially if you're a longtime PlayStation fan. There are three tiers to this. One being essential, the other extra, and the last one, premium. Essential is pretty much what it sounds like. You get the essential goodies that you already have if you're already a PlayStation Plus member. You get the online stuff, the discounts, you know, nothing. It'll pretty much be the same thing you've already gotten before. It's 10 bucks a month and $60 for the entire year. PlayStation Plus Extra is... Essentially the same th same stuff as uh, the Essential, but you now have an assortment of about 400 or so PlayStation 4 games, along with some third-party um, third-party partner uh, games as well. It's about 15 bucks a month, uh, but for the yearly price, it's about 100. And then there's the premium one, which you get everything listed above, including. Um, more backwards compatibility to uh, their cloud streaming service for certain video games from the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1 games and even a couple of uh, PlayStation Portable games which already that had me sold but like I said earlier when it came to the price I think that's where some people were kind of a little iffy about 18 bucks uh, throughout the uh, throughout a month but for an entire year it's about $120 and I'm pretty sure that probably some people that's listening to this segment hear that and they're like, nope. <laughs> and I don't blame you at all. That's, that's yeah, that's could be pretty steep for some people, especially on somebody on the budget. But like I said earlier, when it comes to being a PlayStation fan for pretty much my entire gaming, like, life and everything, I, uh, this was like a, this was like a, like a big sell to me because, uh, certain PlayStation 1 games and uh, PlayStation 2 games uh, that are on there like really brought me back to like my memories. Playing Bu uh, Toy Story 2 Buzz Lightyear to the Rescue on a PlayStation 1 like I remember as a kid playing that game so many times that like I think I just wore out like the disc itself because I was renting it from a family video store. Playing Star Wars Jedi Starfighter on a PlayStation 2 uh, through the power of the cloud streaming and everything, which, if nothing is working on the back, if nothing is playing in the background, like any laptops, any uh, anything that's like getting a lot of HD quality streaming stuff, it works perfectly. Of course, you'll still have your minor hiccups and everything, but you know this thing's still kind of in its growing stages. 
playing the first Infamous, uh, like again on the on like the PlayStation Three cloud streaming, and again, and once again, the streaming uh, quality itself was good. If nothing is playing in the background, uh, but playing Infamous again after all these years and seeing how much Sucker Punch has like gone from like Sly Cooper to Infamous and now to Ghosts of Shima, it's 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 pretty amazing. Like how much like you realize like you've seen like this like company grow into what it's become right now and it's it's pretty awesome if there's one thing i wish that i i, I hope they can fix like maybe um update this in the future or anything but i would really really enjoy the fact of like not having to stream certain playstation 3 games in order for me to be able to play it i got asura's wrath one of my all-time favorite uh, video games ever and uh i can only stream it through your cloud service which again it's fine like it works good but why can't i download it i mean hell you even tell me in certain aspects when i'm about ready to play a game through your cloud streaming service uh that it's best to download it because it's it gives better resolution on hd graphics and uh the, the overall performance in and of itself so that way it's not glitching like hell which speaking of glitching and also of of uh, frame slowdowns, I don't know how the hell after all these after all this time that Avenger that the Marvel's Avengers video game can still be as slow and still be as like glitchy, like a couple years after the fact. Now, if if those for those who don't remember, I did talk about this game a while back, and uh, I decided to get back into it because it was part of the PlayStation Plus uh, catalog, and. Uh, it gave me a chance to finally play the DLCs that I've not had a chance to. Uh, the Kate Bishop uh, DLC, the Hawkeye DLC, and the uh, Black Panther DLC. Um, I finally got a chance to play those, and that was awesome. It was very cool to hear like the voice actor of Kratos uh, voicing uh, T'Challa in this. Uh, I think he would be. I think he'd be fantastic. And if the rumors are true about a Black Panther open world video game like developed by Ubisoft or something like that. Like I would, I would want him to be uh, the voice of T'Challa once again because I think he would, I think he fits the role very nicely, especially with that voice. So yeah, honestly, I would recommend this to uh, not just a PlayStation fan in particular, but just uh, anybody that wants to get a good glimpse of uh, of gaming's past. Now, before I go, the Gamescom opening uh, happened uh, as of this recording uh, not too long ago. So uh, I figured I might as well end the segment with uh, some quick thoughts on certain trailers uh, that I'm personally looking forward to. It still blows my mind to hear that it was eight years ago that the last Dead Island 2 trailer ever came out. And I still remember that trailer to this day. I remember a lot of people freaking out about the fact that they thought that the two like human characters that were talking in the at the end of that first trailer were actually Aaron Paul and Jack Black because the actors the voice actors sounded very much like them and then they had to deny and then the the actors themselves Aaron Paul and Jack Black they had to deny over and over that they had anything to do with it as far as i remember i, I don't know if they actually did deny but like i'm sure they had to say something about it <laughs> Lies of P was definitely something I'm like very interested going in, and uh, not just because of the whole Bloodborne, Dark Souls like inspiration behind it, but the the story behind it, like the whole like bringing Pinocchio into this kind of dystopian like um, 
uh, what's the word like uh like mechanical stuff like all like the time gears and all that stuff like it, it it it's very interesting to see that story brought to that kind of thing so i'm looking forward to seeing it and plus the gameplay itself looks absolutely gorgeous so uh yeah liza p looks very looks very good if you were to ever tell me that i was ever going to be able to play a killer clowns from outer space video game in my lifetime i would have said to you that you must have been on some kind of drug that i wish i could have been on but we are now living in the world where, in the universe where that is happening so not only is that theme song going to be stuck in my head for the rest of, again for the rest of my life even though it already even though it already has um, but now it's like they're doing something really cool with the uh, asymmetrical horror with uh, players being uh, the three killer clowns and then seven survivors like uh, I really hope that this like I really hope this works and with the guy that was behind um, uh, Friday the 13th video game I feel like from that experience it'll help him it'll help the team make something that I feel like will be uh, a cult classic for video games years to come just like the movie itself so so close to finally being able to play Atlas Trials I have always been a fan of the of the series from the very first game and um and Whistleblower was a nice addition to it and Outlast 2 was just like I really enjoyed the the look of it and I like do enjoy a good satanic kind of cultish kind of movie or kind of, not movie video game experience so uh, with this being like uh from what people are saying is like dead by daylight in the but with Outlast I'm I'm totally down with that I enjoyed dead by daylight with the with the time I played it and um uh, with the Outlast uh formula in uh put into that as well i think it's going to be for a very gruesome and very scary time and finally uh i wanted to also bring up uh where winds meet which uh from what's from uh, what i've heard was like uh assassin's creed meets ghost of tsushima which count me in on that i like as much as i uh as much as i get tired of the assassin's creed uh franchise after a while um something about the story always keeps me coming back and with ghost of tsushima uh being like one of my all-time favorite video games ever i'm really looking forward to seeing like what they're gonna do with this because like uh from that trailer alone it looks like this game was uh like just kind of saying thank you ghost of tsushima for making stuff like this um you know a thing in the game video gaming industry and to try something different so hell yeah I'm looking forward to that one. So next time, I was thinking uh, it would be kind of fun to be able to do a first time playing uh, with two things. Uh, one of them being a video game I've always wanted to try, and the other being a piece of hardware that I've always been interested in and never really had the chance to, but I thought now is a good time to be able to give it a shot. So. Next time, I will be talking about Res Infinite and playing that game on the PlayStation VR. So until next time, guys, this is Biggie. Keep on gaming. Um, Tom Hanks. 
so, Mr. Tom Hanks. Yes. So this week, I'm still, on, I'm still waiting for the shoe to drop on that one and just make me upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it can never happen. Um, I know people try to get him involved in weird conspiracy theory bullshit, uh, but Tom Hanks, all around great guy, um, as so it seems. <laughs> As of Pretty right well. now, Tom Hanks. Please, Tom remember, Hanks. Kid, remember, kids, kill your idols. Yeah, you're 66 years old, Tom Hanks. You just got to maybe, hopefully, three or four more decades. Just stay, <laughs> stay strong. Um, and maybe that's why we can still look at, we, we're okay with Bowie. He's dead now. He's not He's not hurting anyone else. Yeah. So uh, it's like, all right, we can. 14 year olds. So uh, it's like, all right, Tom Hanks, just, just, yeah. just die, die clean, and then we can all go yeah. home. Love your wife. Uh, I don't know what happened with Chet Hanks, but, you know, love him too, I guess. Um, your other kids swell. Um, but all we do here on the list is we're going to pick, uh, we're going to try to guess the top 15 highest grossing films of all time. Oh, man. oh my present. God. Um, we'll oh. start with you, Boston. Man, and that, okay, I didn't I didn't look at the box. I didn't look at any of the numbers. I didn't, I, didn't look, I didn't look ahead. Yeah. But looking over... Like what all was available? Yeah. Oh God, I am. I've got. I've got to honestly. Forrest Gump has to be up there. Has Forrest to be. Gump is definitely on there. Forrest Gump is number four on the list. Number four. Number four. Six hundred and seventy-seven million dollars. Um, also, one of the best soundtracks of all time. Yeah. Yeah. My my favorites. I. I I feel like only one of my favorites is actually on the list. Okay, and name your favorites because that would be fun because we can talk to some of the lesser ones. Um, but I always want, you know, they actually did a book sequel to Forrest Gump uh, called Gump really? and Me. Did they? Uh, or Gump and Company. And, Gump, and basically, it was more uh, from his son's point of view. Um, <laughs> is it like Oliver and Company? Yes. And in the movie, in the book, um, you know, it's kind of meta because Forrest Gump sells his uh, story to Hollywood and they change the story a little bit. And uh, Forrest Gump is there for 9-11. What? Yes, because oh. Forrest Gump is always there for all these historical yeah, all events. This, right. Can you imagine if they did a third book and it, it, Forrest Gump is there at the insurrection at the Capitol? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I saw there. the man. I saw the buffalo man over there. And I thought, well, he looks yeah. very fuzzy, but he's yelling a lot. <laughs> yeah, because if you ever read the book, the book of Forrest Gump is so much different. Like Forrest Gump is like a four hundred pound character in the book. Uh, there's really? in, yes, there's a part in the book where Forrest Gump is one of the first people to go into space, and they crash land oh, wow. in a uh, jungle and are taken in by a tribe who decides that Forrest Gump is a god. Okay. The book is way different. some sort of self-insert fan fiction? What the fuck? That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's a good... It's one of those weird movies, too. For a while there, I did not like Forrest Gump because the year it won Best Oscar, it beat out Shawshank Redemption and Pulp Fiction. And I... Eh, I can feel that. Yeah. So I was a little frustrated by that. But I could see Forrest Gump is more of an audience pleaser. So, but good pick, Boston. You're on the board at number four. Uh, Scotty? I'm going to go with Castaway. Castaway is on here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's number Not eight. More. For four, oh, well, eight. maybe I will have. Uh, maybe I will have more than one. $429 million. 
Okay. All right. You know, they, they made a rule like a FedEx, uh, our no airplane would show that movie on it. Like, you know, when you can watch movies, on airplane, <laughs> yeah, that movie yeah, was yeah. never allowed on airplanes. Uh, it's a tremendous, tremendously good film. I really dig Castaway, and you think about oh, the fact yeah. that oh, it's great. Um, two thirds of the movie is just basically him and a in a volleyball. That's true. Yeah, it's it's it's. I like it. A That's why you, you have a good actor. We can, like you can hold the whole lot. movie by itself. Yeah, which which is great because I've always I've always wanted like I don't know I, I'm I'm one of those weirdos where it's like we're gonna tell a story of a lone wanderer and here's all the other people that he has to ha- interact with so that we have a movie. It's like, but what if? What if there weren't? Yeah. What if it was just yeah. him? Yeah. And, and a that. ball, baby. Yeah. All right, uh, Boston, <laughs> you're up. All right. Uh, well, then, if since one of my favorite films uh, was on the list there, let's go with Catch Me If You Can. And that's on there, too, at number 10. Ooh, number, number 10. 10. Right. Uh, $352 million. I'm sorry. I, I think I have an idea of what the top three are, but we'll see. Okay. Um. It's a fun. I love the movie. Uh, that was on uh, TV a couple of months ago, and I think I watched through uh, pretty much the whole movie. Um, it's oh, it was fun. a brilliant movie. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio probably at his most charismatic uh, in that film. Somebody clearly hasn't seen The Island, so mm. <laughs> sorry, the, be- the beach. Oh the beach, god, yeah. I, I've never seen that movie. I heard it's super, super dark. Oh, super dark. Okay. That's like one of his first films, right? Like that and Gilbert Grape. And I want to say it was like right after. No, I, I think there was he did something else in between because it was. I know that he had he just had kind of launched as the new heartthrob. Was it Basketball Diaries? I think yeah, I think it was after Basketball Diaries and What's Eating Gilbert Grape and Romeo. And it was like that. okay, he's the new he's the new heartthrob. Yeah, and then each was like him trying to be like, no, I can actually act. I promise. <laughs> you motherfuckers aren't typecasting me. Um, yeah, that's a day. Yeah, and I think he finally won an Oscar with the one where he fought a bear. I think at that point the Oscars oh, like, let's just go ahead and give him the. We have, yeah, we have to give him Revenant because he's Revenant. gonna yeah, yeah, he's gonna Revenant. hurt himself if we don't go ahead and just give him an Oscar. Because I thought he was gonna win one for the um for that's, the Scorsese. This time he's gonna fight a real bear, not even <laughs> right. I honestly he thought he would win one for one of his Scorsese films, either Eternal Affairs or um. Ah oh, shit! The one where he's on the island, the prison island, uh, Shutter Island. Yeah, I thought he was going to win it for one of those because he's a phenomenal actor. But let's not take the spotlight off a uh, spotlight off of Tom Hanks. Scott, you're up. God, you're trying to ruin Tom Hanks' career before it even started. Oh man! So <laughs> I'm going to say this one just be, just because this is one of my favorite Tom Hanks movies. Okay, uh, and it's big. Big is yeah. not on here. I, I wasn't sure if it would I be. Know. I just wanted to. I just wanted to mention it. Big was successful though. It did 151 million dollars. Yeah, but also it's it's a really old too. So you know. Yeah, and a, but it's good. Oh yeah, oh it's good for sure. And also it's again, one of my think, favorites. And again, thinking like we did with like we did with uh, Schwarzenegger. You got to remember, uh, that was still when Tom Hanks was becoming Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. true. All exactly. Right. So exactly. here's a question. Correct me if I'm wrong. Does he sleep with that woman in the movie? Yes. Is that considered like pedophilia? <sighs> that oh. is some. Oh, those are some. Deep. Those are some levels. I'm not really sure if I'm ready to. Because she, she doesn't no, know. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. No, like it's not. Year old. It's not on her at all. She has no yeah. clue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it, uh, but also, 
what twelve year old wouldn't wouldn't probably do it if they were in that position. Yeah, stop high fiving him, Scott. Um, but what's that? I said, stop, stop, stop high fiving him. We have to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, he did act like a child, but there's a lot of adults these days that act like what you would oh, call yeah. like a child. So for sure, I'm gonna let her off with a warning. Okay. Yeah. Now she's got to ask everybody she sleeps with, hey, did you make a wish with a genie? <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, every single time. Yes. And has to I, sign like I a little contract. I know what your driver's license says, but. <laughs> yes, but I don't know. <laughs> right. Is this a well, big situation? Have you visited a actually, theme what, park what? recently? He probably actually didn't have a driver's license, though. No, he wouldn't. He was 12, 11, 12 years old. That's right. He right. Wouldn't like, it yeah. wouldn't just have magically appeared. So, yeah, he would not have. He would. He would not have had identification to prove his age. Yeah. So yeah. Which therefore, how does he get a job and cast a check? And, oh, that's true. How? Well, yeah, that's true. Um, oh God, a, you're right. Yeah, because yeah. he did cast the check. Yeah. See, this is what this is what happens when you think about when you think about movies from the eighties. Yeah, you just <laughs> gotta let it apart. go. You gotta let it go. We can't dissect it. We have to let them be as good as we think they are. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So yes. Boston, you're up. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and let's let's go ahead and swing for the fences. Toy Story. Toy Story is on this list. It has um, to be high. Toy Story. Keep in mind, Toy Story built as it went, uh, so it is number eleven on this list. Number eleven with um, three hundred ninety-four million dollars. Oh, huh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll that's 1994. Um, it was actually phenomenal. It was definitely like uh, uh, iconic moment in in history because it was the first computer animated film, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and a phenomenal movie. It, it put Pixar on the map. <laughs> that's a weird saying. I never understand that. <laughs> that saying, like, why would Pixar be on a map? Unless it's a city of Los Angeles where their studio is. Um, well, that's right. a different story. Yeah. All right, Scott, your turn. Well, I'm gonna piggyback piggyback off Boston and go Toy Story three. Toy Story three is number one. I yep. knew it. One point one billion dollars. Oh also, wow! God, maybe wow. Got the most heartbreaking scene in that film is when. They all, the toys believe they're about to die when they're in an incinerator mm-hmm. and they're basically hugging one another and accepting they're going to die. It's accepting pretty, their fates. Yeah, it's pretty dark yep. for a kid's movie. Um, all right, uh, back to you, boss. It's a dark, that's dark for adults. Yeah, movie. that's dark for anything, that's I think. True. That's true. Yeah. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to see if, I'm going to see if I can, I'm going to see if I can call this one. Number two is Toy Story 2. Toy Story, nope. Toy Story Two is on this list. It is number two, three, four, five. Number five, four hundred ninety-five oh, really? million. Oh wow! Yeah. So definitely Toy Whoa. Story, Toy Story Two to Toy Story Three, big jump. Big yeah. jump. Big, big jump. jump. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, Scott. Uh, want to wrap up mile? the Toy Stories? The Green Mile. Is yeah, on don't, this list. Don't the Toy Stories. Jump, uh, jump, jump into a different direction. Yeah, it's Hard. number eleven. Hard uh, swerve. I had to mix it up a bit. Two hundred eighty-six million dollars. Number eleven. Okay. Ooh, uh, oh man. I like the movie Green Mile. I love the book more because it did something that hasn't hadn't been done in a very long time, where it was released as a series of novellas. Yeah, like it was every such cool months, they did it. You would get like but, you would get a new chapter of Toy of the Green Mile. But really? I did think that the adaptation from the book to the movie was solid. 
Oh, it was uh, super I solid. thought they 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 were uh, they were as close to the books as you possibly could be. Yeah, and I can tell you right now, I did a character on one of those old school message boards, John Coffee, which every yeah. episode, every post was him trying to trick his way into getting uh, some more cornbread from the boss's wife, <laughs> and with him watching a flick of film. Wow, yeah. that's Wait, amazing. You're saying you, 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 you did this online? Yes, I did it online. I did a John Coffee character where every post was basically a scheme from him to get some more cornbread from his boss's wife. Yeah. She makes him cornbread when he heals his uh, penis. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yep, and then it ends with um, John Coffey going, "Look at that sco- at that scene, at that flick of film," and then just doing a joke about a flick of film. <laughs> and then uh, one of my friends would be in the same post, and he would be, uh, you know, the convict that had the circus mouse. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then somebody would come in as the as the bad guy who scored at moon pies at people. It was, uh, it was uh, who who is anybody Percy. That is Percy the one that stuck. That he's the him? ass. He's the asshole. Yeah, guard. yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. Oh no, nobody did the guard. We were oh, all the prisoners. Okay, okay. But all the prisoners. Fun. It was that innocent end of the nineties internet. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Boston. Back to you. Back when me. Back when me and Jay were were role playing wrestling. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Did we ever? Did our paths ever cross? And I just never realized it. You and Jay's. Yeah. They had to since you guys were playing Magic at the same time and the same place. Uh, we we were playing Magic at the same time. Uh, he started Magic way before I did. And I wonder if you and Scott's traded places because I think I said. think so. At Packers, we had to have at, at the Western. Hey, you had to have played because you played at the, West, the Western Avenue Packers a lot, didn't you? Oh yeah, a whole bunch. Yeah, you, we we had them at there. There's no and, way we didn't. And then Boston and I definitely. Uh, kind of crossed paths a lot when I was working at U.S. Sailor and he was delivering it for Jimmy John's uh-huh. until we decided, hey, you're Ryan Chipley. Hey, you're Boston. Hey, yeah, like we, we know each other. Yes, yeah, so we, we, had, we had met on, we had crossed paths online several times and then it was just like, oh, oh, you're, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> Crazy world. All right. What's your, what's your guess, Boston? All right. Uh, well, let's, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up because I play this game to win. Uh, Toy Story, Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4, number two on this list with a... Damn it. Oh. Yeah, I should have known. I yep. should have known. And so that's all the Toy Stories, thank God. Um, <laughs> all right, Scott. Apollo 13. Apollo 13 is on here at number eight, or number nine. $355 million. Okay, okay. And another quality film. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's uh, a really good film. All right, we're going to do one more round, and then we'll wrap this up. All right, okay. Boston. All right. Um, actually, I can't remember what my third my third uh, favorite was, just in case. Um, whew, mm. uh, fuck it. Let's give it a shot. A League of Their Own. Fuck it, indeed. But unfortunately, you swung <laughs> out. I'm going to miss. Good movie. Good movie. And from Ironically. what I understand, the, um, the Amazon Prime series that they're just doing now is really good, too. Uh, I've heard it's doing real well. League of Their Own did $132 million. Okay. Oh man, so there's so many I, I want to say, but I, I think they're too old for it to be to make the list. Pick one. We have a good conversation out of it. Well, we'll do Sleepless in Seattle. You actually put it on the list at number fifteen. Oh, oh nice. Wow. Yeah, nice. Oh, yeah. Two hundred twenty-eight million dollars. There we go. Now the ones on this list before I go into the top fifteen that really surprised me. Um, Splash 
only made, and this is nice, $69 million. <laughs> nice. But nice. according to IMDb, never released overseas. Really? There was no international Why? box office. I'm not sure, because then I checked other movies around the 80s to see if maybe they just weren't keeping tabulating um, international sales at that point. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't the case, but Splash and Joe versus the Volcano uh, both um, only had a domestic uh, box office. Where's the Burbs? The Burbs, $49 million. I think... I think the bird is right. one of those ones that oh, probably love the made burbs. money once it came home. I think it was one of those movies where a good word of mouth. I think Central Cinema yeah. actually played it like last year for a week. Did they? I mean, it definitely I it definitely fits movie. the definition. It definitely fits the definition of cult classic. Yes. Yeah. Now, if you had unlocked this one at number three, I think you would have probably got uh, at least one more on this list. Uh, number three was the Da Vinci Code. Ah. Uh, uh, yeah, I should. Yeah, mm. Seven hundred and fifty-eight. Uh, was Captain Phillips on the list anywhere? Captain Phillips wasn't. It was close. It was two hundred eighteen million dollars. Okay. So it just barely. Because uh, Sleepless in Seattle was fifteenth at two hundred twenty-eight million. Gotcha, so it just gotcha. barely uh, missed it. Um, but after Da Vinci Code, then you had the Forrest Gump, Toy Story two, and then Angels and Demons. Angels and Demons. Second movie, uh, four hundred eighty-six million dollars. And I can tell you right now, the reason I don't think they made any more of the books. Um, so Da Vinci Code 758, Angels and Demons 486 are right there. There's a big chunk like down, and then uh, Inferno, which was the third in the series, only 220 million. Okay, so at that point, um, I guess they just said, you know what, nobody's here for these movies anymore. Um, yeah, and after Angels, go ahead, was it uh, were there were there more books to pull from? I don't know, I don't really read his books. Um, no, we're gonna clip that. We're gonna clip that right there. I don't really read. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yes. I want to say his name is Dan Brown, right? Yeah, Dan Brown. Most generic, most generic writer name in the world. What's the guy's? What was the character's name in Da Vinci Code? Oh, I had this a second ago. Uh, I do know they made a pair, uh, Peacock Plus series, Robert Langdon. Okay. Robert Langdon. Yep. Uh, they made. The um, oh, yeah. There was a. Uh, so the books were Angels and Demons, The Da Vinci Code, The Lost Symbol, Inferno, and Origin. So he's done oh, five. They one. Yeah. Um, they actually did a Peacock series based on. I don't know if it was like an original or one of those that they hadn't done a movie of, but I don't think it did well because they've canceled it after one year. Um, but after Angels and Demons. Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah, that checks out. Not to be confused that with Shaving Ryan's out. Privates, um, but Saving no, no, Private that, Ryan. That's a four hundred eighty-two million dollars. Yeah, it's a whole other. Um, Saving Private Ryan, Man, a really good war film. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It came out against the really bad war film called A, Th- a Thin Red Line. I'm sorry. I pa- the only reason I paused. The only reason I paused is I was just trying to process those words. It's like really good war film. Yeah. Like, yeah. Thank, thank God yeah. for war. Those soldiers died. Didn't die for anything. No, um, exactly. We're, we have these movies. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so then you had Castaway. You did Apollo 13. You did a Catch Me If You Can. And I'm not surprised nobody caught this one because this one has the gross evil animation of any movie ever made the polar express uh, polar express yeah. oh as soon as you said express. that i was like polar express um 
me and Aylin where was, went to I, where I'm was uh, on the list. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, me and Aylin went to Nashville to see that on IMAX. It was my first IMAX movie. Was it? <laughs> yes, and I don't oh. know why we went. I, I'm just going to blame her. Uh, it was so bad. What movie were you going to ask for, Boston? Uh, uh, Mr. Banks. Um, Mr. Banks is not on my list, so I may have forgot. I can look real quick. Um, well, before I, while I'm doing that, let me just go through the rest of this. Um, uh, Elvis was on this list at thirteen two hundred sixty one million dollars. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, Elvis um has done really well. Uh, did you hear though about what's happening with uh, Regal Cinemas? What? No. Um, this is just me trying to stall for time while I look for time for Mr. Banks. Uh, they just filed bankruptcy. Really? Okay. No, they don't know that. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to be able to um, stay in business because uh, I think the time, the type of bank- bankruptcy they're for- they're uh, filing isn't going to be the kind where they put- they have to splinter everything. Um, okay. But yeah, I think I think they're owned by Cinemark. I think it is. Um, yeah. Saving Mr. Banks or shaving Mr. Banks. Haha. <laughs> oh. So it wouldn't have been on the list, but it did well. Um, and then the last one after Elvis that we missed was You've Got Mail. What was that one? What, what, really? What was that one ranked? Uh, You've Got Mail was 14th. 14, 251 okay. million. Uh, one's on here huh. that I think we liked. That didn't uh, that did well, but didn't do enough to make a list. Road to Perdition with 181 million. Um, Philadelphia. I was about that one. Philadelphia with 206. Turner Hooch 71 million. Um, yeah. I like this one. The Terminal 219 million. I, yeah. I still need to see that movie. It's fun. It's uh, it's really fun, and it's got a good message. Um, but yeah, but at the end, Tom Hanks. You're doing. You've done pretty well, kid. Just keep your nose. He's clean. He's doing all right. The, He's doing all right. Yeah. Keep your nose clean. Um. You only got like like Ron said. You only got to you know. Wait. So Regal Cinema's owner is considering <laughs> bankruptcy. It doesn't look like it's filed just yet. Um, it's uh, considering Chapter Eleven filing as of this recording, but because of that, um, AMC shares dropped forty percent. Oh, so really? a lot of people are Damn. worried that this is going to hurt the movie business in particular i can see yeah. where like right now you know there's still people that are still nervous to go to the movies because you know the uptick in covid of course um right. for the summer this is the summer we're still in the summer movies and that's usually where you get um you know your big blockbuster films for the year mm-hmm. in the last two weeks what has been released is a movie where two girls get stuck on the top of a tower uh. and one where idris elba fights a lion yeah, yeah, and uh, didn't he get didn't he get beat by? Uh, what was the other movie that released this weekend? Oh, uh, the Dragon Ball movie. Yeah, Dragon yeah. Ball Super Superhero, which also dumb name, but great movie. Um, yeah, uh, Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Super beat out <laughs> Idris Elba. Yeah, and <laughs> and I don't think this would have done well really in the theaters anyway, but they did a prequel to Orphan. That went to box, but that went to the theaters, but also went straight uh, to Paramount Plus. Uh, I thought of you the other day. I thought of you the other day, but I, I didn't think you don't you don't like the off brand Coke Zero, correct? No, sir. Like, like the that's big, the big K. Ass. No, I mean I'll drink it. If that's what I have, but it's not something I I go out of my way to get. 
Right. Uh, there was a whole uh, at the Cedar Bluff Kroger. There was a huge stack of like the the big K. Like the, I guess the, the packages have been damaged. Oh, okay. So they're they're oh. being clearance they're being clearanced out, and it was like uh, a twelve pack of the zero sugar Dr Pepper or like whatever Dr K whatever yeah, they yeah, call yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, for like two dollars. Oh damn, that's oh, a good wow. deal though. Um, yeah. And the and the, and the and the soda the the Coke ones were buck uh, fifty, I think. That's a good deal. Yeah. I was uh, just like, ooh. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fancy guy. Yeah, 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 fancy needs. But I guess we can start getting into, like, before we do recommendations, um, well, we've already talked about what I played recently, Power Wash Sim, uh, Simulator and the Trek to Yumi. Um, mm-hmm. Is anybody playing anything cool right now? Um, yes, but that's going to be what I'm going to recommend. So okay, I'll, right. I'll wait on mine. Okay. Haven't really played anything... Too new. I tried out that weird ass vampire survivor. Oh my god! Same. At one point, and I actually, I, I kind of liked it because it was so dumb. No, you're talking when you talk about vampire survivor. You're talking about the one that's only like two bucks, right? Yeah, it's like two yeah, that, bucks. Yeah, that one we or... talked about like the last couple of two episodes back, right? No, yeah, no, not just... that one. Is that Wait, that no, one I... you're talking about? Are you talking about the one where you type, maybe you fight waves and waves of enemies? Yes, that one. That's Vampire Survivor. Oh my bad. That's that's not, I know what you're talking about. That's not what I'm thinking of. But yeah, yeah I was how, about that. how is that? I heard it's super fun. I mean, it is. It's, it's so like excessively simple, but then that leads to like you can get really nuanced with how you build your character to where. Um, God, there's one. There's even one character. It's like a witch that, as far as I can gather doesn't deal any damage uh like her her base attack doesn't deal any fucking damage and so you have to like just avoid uh, your 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 speed is up so you have to avoid things long enough till you can find a a power up that's worthwhile and it's yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of different play styles you can play with it um there's a whole bunch of things to unlock i had a lot of fun with it and it's so and it's just it's just it's so simple and dumb but like even the way they put together it, it, it does one of my favorite things where any of its storytelling is done through its mechanics. Um, so, like, when you unlock new characters, they have very specific uh, attacks that are relevant to that kind of class or whatever. Like, you know, the monk has a holy scripture that protects him. Uh, the witch has a cat that attacks things for her. Uh, there's a there's clearly a, about 13 different Castlevania references. Huh. Uh, each of the Belmonts has a, like each of the Belmonts has a representative character in the game. Okay, that's pretty cool, and it's cheap, right? Like just a couple bucks. Mm-hmm. Just a couple bucks, or it's on the Game Pass still. Oh, it's on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's on console though, because I don't think I saw that see, when I was looking. It, it, it might, might not be Game Pass. Okay, damn it. Um. I'm sorry, I lied. No, no, it's okay. Uh, the Game Pass today just spread out that Midnight Fight Club thing that looks pretty cool. Yeah, I was uh, I was installing that before we uh, before I remember that we were doing this. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, well, and um, like I said, I I played those two games. I was really going to take some stuff in the trade in towards Saints Row, but I'm seeing the reviews on it, and I think I'm going to skip it. 
I haven't saw any reviews on the newest one. What, what are they saying? Uh, very mediocre. Uh, what, which is weird because which is weird for me because everything that I had read and everybody I had, I had listened to prior was terrified that it wasn't going to be like Saints Row. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. They're like, this isn't going to play like Saints Row. It's not going to be like Saints Row. It's going to be this new thing, and I'm going to hate it. And then it comes out, and it's more Saints Row yeah, like they wanted. And everybody's like, eh, it's just kind of more of the same. But, I heard it. Mm, <laughs> but it takes off a lot of the over-the-topness of like uh, 3 and 4 is what I heard. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it'll – hopefully it'll show up on Game Pass one day. That's right. You guys. That's, all we, that's all we do now. It's, it's not Game Pass. We don't give a shit. Yeah. One thing I have <laughs> exactly about with Game Pass because I've always had this some um, worry that people will not a worry, but people will get on there and basically taste a little bit of it and then move on to something else. Um, one thing I've noticed because I played through the Trek the Kumi and I'm playing through. It's called O L I J A right now. Oligia. It's uh, yeah. It's fun, but every time I get to an uh, achievement. It only tells me something like it starts off with like you beat the first chapter and it's got like 90% of players got this achievement. But then you get down to like beat the third chapter, beat the fourth chapter, and it drops tremendously to only 15% of players get this achievement. <laughs> only 10% oh, of players. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if people are just going in there, playing a little bit of each game, and then like just bouncing off. Which I mean, I mean I'm sure that does happen yeah. a bit. <laughs> I am because they they they, they, <laughs> they do release you know a lot of independent titles and in smaller games. So. Well, just like there's so much there that people just like I think people have low. I mean, I have a bad attention span right now too. I'm not going to lie. Right. Um. But yeah. All right. So recommendations. Um. Boston, you seem like you've been itching for with a good recommendation. Yeah. 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 Want something want to get out of your system? There. It sounds like. I well, it was a it was a little it was a little independent venture that I was uh, informed of, um, based off of. Uh, have y'all ever heard of Vertigo Comics? Oh yes, I've heard of Vertigo Comics. Vertigo Comics, yeah, I think they got uh, bought up and uh, moved in with DC at some point. They were always a part of DC, but they were uh, they just went by Vertigo. They <laughs> they're independent thing, but yeah. Um. Oh, so I'm sorry. I, I I mansplained you. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That's you're <laughs> you're correct. You're correct. I couldn't remember. Uh, I couldn't remember if it was a separate thing that got bought out or if it was the yeah. Uh, you you are correct. Thank you. Uh, and yeah, one of their one of their golden children just got their own got its own series on Netflix. Uh, The Sandman. Ooh. And I have loved every moment that I've seen so far. Uh, even the parts that you know, even the part where Sirius Black is a piece of shit, uh, <laughs> made me happy. Yeah. How have you finished the season? I've not finished the season yet, though. We may skip and go watch Nine of a Thousand Cats because, or Dream of a Thousand Cats because that's one of my favorite, just hands down, one of my favorite works of fiction of all time. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it, it's uh, Dream of a Thousand Cats. And Neil Gaiman's take on Midsummer's Night's Dream, which is also a Sandman story, because uh, you you've heard the legend of that one, right? No, no I haven't. Uh, his uh, the Sandman story of a Midsummer's Night's Dream, where William Shakespeare has to perform Midsummer's Night's Dream to the court of Fay, like 
like the characters he writes he writes about in the story come out of the of the woods to watch him perform it. Oh, you're talking about like in the Sandman book itself. Yeah, in, in the comic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's That's it's so one of the awesome. Oh, it's it's a brilliant uh and like the actual Puck knocks out the actor that plays Puck so he can play Puck. <laughs> um it's just uh there's so many uh there's so much to it that's really that's really beautiful. It won oh, I can't remember what it was. The I think it was the Hugo or Pulitzer. It it won it won an award that normally only went to short stories, but they had a, they had kind of just let comics apply, but no yeah. comic had ever won it. Okay. And he was the first. It was the first comic book or the first comic to ever win the short story award. And as soon as it, ha- they were so upset that that the comic won an award that they made it. It's they made they made the comic book category so that it could never happen again. Yeah, so <laughs> lame. It's just stupid when they do the stuff like that. Uh, so that is when, if if I remember correctly. That was when Neil Gaiman decided to go write Neverwhere. Okay. And then one, you know, it's like, oh, oh, so you you don't you don't like the fact that my comic book won your story award, huh? All right, here's a book. <laughs> I'm gonna win it again. Oh, look, I won again, bitches. Like, ah, uh, it's the just, mic. yeah, yeah. It was definitely a, a very petty drop the mic move, and I loved it. Yeah, I really do hope that um, Netflix gives him all the seasons he needs. Um, yeah. I really want How many seasons do you think uh, do you think it will be? I don't know. If, so if right now he's, like he's doing the comic itself, and the comic ran seventy five issues, and I think uh, episode ten will run through basically the first two novels of Sandman. So okay. if he does every single story, um, it's going to be like six or so seasons. Yeah, and the the big concern right now is that even though. Because uh, Gaiman, Gaiman posted it on on Twitter, it was like, "Look, try your best. You know, you know, tell people about it. You know, let them let them let more people watch it, because even though it's literally been the number one show in the world, yeah. for the past two weeks straight, nothing is safe on Netflix. Nothing is safe. It might be too expensive for Netflix to greenlight a second season. Yeah, yeah. and it's, um- so like." It has to make it. It has to make enough money for them to be worth it. Yeah, it's uh, and it's um, uh, you know, it's a Warner Brothers uh, production. So that too. That's another worry with everything going on with HBO so, Max and Warner Brothers. Uh, though I did hear, uh, I think Bingy shared it earlier. Uh, Matt Reeves has gotten Warner Brothers to already agree to Batman Two. Good. That's the smart thing. Uh, but I know a friend of the podcast, uh, Michael King is on pin pins and needles about like the second season of Sandman. He's all in on it. Um, yeah, it's super good. Uh, if you've never read the book, if you've never done that, watch the show. The show is fantastic. Uh, definitely watch the show. I, uh, if you can, if you, uh, go to a pawn shop, uh, go to a, go to McKay's, go to any place that you can find it cheap because, uh, a lot of the anthologies, uh, the same anthologies, uh, several of the, the brick-and-mortar bookstores will charge you out the ass for them because they're so big and complex and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. There's some really 
good looking special editions they've done that like the abridged Sandman is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure that's like stupidly priced now. Um, that was going to be my recommendation. Well, so, shit. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, well, there you go. You know how good it is. I'll recommend, you know, I'm not, I'm not Polly, but I guess I am Polly when it comes to podcasts. I oh. have started doing a second podcast uh, for the company <gasps> where I work for. I know, I know. I feel like I'm cheating on you all. I'm so sorry. Uh, but I'm not the host, so hopefully that makes it better. Um, uh, Mike uh, Doetry from um, Comics uh, Geeks Inherit the Earth is the host. Uh, it's the two of us and Bill Langford, who owns uh, yes. Comics Exchange. I didn't know there was other podcasts. I know, right? Um, and so it's called Comics Exchange, your friendly neighborhood podcast. Um the episode's a lot shorter than these. Uh, I think we're going for 45 minutes to an hour each one. Uh, these are safe for work. Um, and it's just basically three. So is ours. Yeah. Nah, um, nah, mm, if you work at a cool job. Um, but yeah, it's just the three of us uh, talking uh, comic news and uh, recommending like comic books. Uh, Bill's cool, telling man. a lot of fun stories over the last, because he's been a, he's ran that comic shop for like 22, 23 years. Uh, mm. Yeah, so if you, I should be as long as Castaway's been around. <laughs> That's what inspired him to start comic shop. <laughs> <That> is, uh, <laughs> yeah. Before I get lost and stuck on a desert island, I'm yeah. up to get my, my comic book store. But we're uh, we're we're posting biweekly. Uh, the next episode will be next week, where you'll probably hear me uh, gush on and on about uh, Amazing Fantasy 1000, which is going to have the first ever uh, Neil Gaiman solo Spider-Man story. Ooh. What? Yeah, that's not set in like uh, you know, like he did back in that 1692 book. This 16, is, you know, yeah, yeah. This is modern day Spider-Man story by Neil Gaiman is in that. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, so I'm excited. Oh, wow, I'm excited. Yeah. I uh, would say so. Yeah, Mar. This is the 60th anniversary of Spider-Man this year, so Marvel is doing a lot of these kind of really cool, giant size, ten dollar books. Um, celebrating Spider-Man's 60th year, and this one is going to be cool. awesome. But anyway, Comics Exchange, your friendly neighborhood podcast. Uh, you should be able to hopefully get it wherever you get this podcast. I think he's having problems with uh, Stitcher right now, but we're working on that one. But hopefully by the time this comes up, you'll be able to find it anywhere else. And, and you're supporting a really good dude. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. I am a good dude. Uh, yes, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, That's what I meant. <laughs> all right, and Scott, what's, let's wrap you. Let's well, wrap it up with you. Before I give my recommendation, I have to give a shout out. Oh, oh, you got a shout out. Okay. I have a shout out to give. Okay. Uh, this is also a friend of the podcast. Uh, are, we, are we allowed? Are we allowed to do that? We are. Uh, this entire time, I didn't know till today. Scott is allowed wow. this entire so time. He makes his own rules. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, as you both may have known, I have been ranting and uh, that I have not been able to get a PS5 for the longest time. Uh, so, my buddy Josh Branch uh, signed up for a little, a little email queue from, from uh, Sony that he got. Uh, so, he, stood in, he got in the queue and waited in line for me and was able to actually buy a PS5 and he doesn't want. Uh, so, I'm buying it for him. So, I think nice. as of tomorrow, I officially have a PS5 thanks to... Uh, branch and so, you oh, yeah. buy that 900 uh game yes bundle. exactly not that i would have but yeah fuck you gamestop 
Yeah. Fuck you, GameStop. We don't want you as a sponsor ever. No, we don't. Never. I feel like that's the best way to end the episode. Just there. <laughs> Fuck you, GameStop. And... Huh. I should have given a recommendation first. <laughs> All right. What's your recommendation, Scott? We can still say well, Fuck you, GameStop at the end of the episode. Yeah, we can. We can flip. We can flip it. Yeah. Uh, so I. Safe for work. You know, speaking of taking breaks in games, uh, I I realized that the new Plague Tale game was coming out in October, and I was like, you know what? I never finished Plague Tale, so I just started over as after I forgot you know where i was at uh, so i started you know so i've been playing you know hours of that and my god that's such a good game guys like if you've i mean it's free on the game pass it, it's it's got a good little story you know they do they great action sequences with the rats uh it's just an overall just fun game it's uh the best naughty dog game that naughty dog ever made never made, <laughs> never made. yes it does feel like you're playing a naughty dog game it really does yeah so you're uh, uh, playing through that in anticipation of the second one yes absolutely Perfect. So and I'll, you said I'll, have, that, I'll have that finished before. It is on Game Pass right now. <laughs> as well as the second will be as, as day one. Nice. So. And that's crazy. I think it's like um, a few days before my birthday. So that's what I'll be playing. There you go. Yep. I don't, I don't yeah, need awesome. to ask for it for my birthday because I'll be able to play it on Game Pass. Exactly. So nobody get that. The, everybody's listening. Do not get Plague's Tale for Ryan for his birthday. I guess you could do. get Gotham Knights for me because it comes out a day before my birthday. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right, uh, since I've begged and then you'll be the driver. Yeah, go ahead. So then you'll be the one person who's playing Gotham Knights. <laughs> I want it to be good <laughs> so badly, but I know I, it's not I really be. do. Because uh, I love the Court of Owls. It's such a cool story. I, I... Oh, my God. Have you uh, have either of you kept up with the Harley Quinn series on HBO Max? No, no, no I have not. Oh, my God, what they do to the Court of Owls. Holy. Really? It's hilarious and sad, but hilarious more. I'm going to check. Hopefully, you know, it's looking bad, but hopefully a miracle will happen and they'll get a fourth season. Yeah, I, I, well, so to, to, cause, cause Kim, Kim has already watched it and was like, you have to, you have to join me there. Uh, and caught me up. <sighs> Joker beats Jim Gordon. With a crow, no, uh, beats Jim Gordon in a mayoral race. Oh, so Joker's oh. the mayor, and and not not the White Knight Jack Napier Joker, right? Yeah, Joker, Joker. Okay, wins, and he wins on like a socialist platform. Oh, and is like you know I'm I'm getting you know I'm not I'm not taking any money from the super PACs. I'm taking it straight from the banks and giving it back to the people. <laughs> And <laughs> and runs on this platform, and to, like the city, the city eats it up. And uh, and he also he's, he's only doing it because uh, a a Karen a Karen from his kid's school. Oh yeah, uh, Joker has gotten married to a Latino woman and has become smitten with her son. Uh huh. <laughs> and so he's he he ran for mayor. Because this Karen was causing trouble, uh, keeping his uh, his stepson from becoming or getting into a bilingual school, and so like that was the whole reason he ran was to to for 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 us uh, education reform. Wow! And then like the end of the episode, he wins and is like parks in her space at the. Uh, at the school and he's like oh i'm your nightmare now bitch (laughs) (laughs) also really solid joker impersonation Uh, especially that that, that, alan tudyk i'm alan tudyk is is fast 
he, he's 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 getting up there with uh, Mark Hamill and uh, John DiMaggio. Okay, so like your favorite voice actors. Those are my two. Well, those are my two favorite Jokers. Okay. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, John DiMaggio did uh, Joker in Under the Red Hood, uh, and uh, Mark Hamill, obviously, you know, he was in Star Wars. Uh, was he? Uh, allegedly. What did he, he play? Uh, some whiny kid. Yeah, makes oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> All right, so we got a we got an extra recommendation there, the Harley Quinn show. Uh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please please watch that one too. So maybe WB will be like, eh, let's keep it. <laughs> right. Fucking this fucking discovery. Yeah, I hate it so much. Um, ancient alien bullshit. You know, okay, guys, when we get to the end here, we're gonna say fuck GameStop. Let's also say fuck Discovery. Okay, fuck game stop right with that. discovery. Yeah, I'm cool we're with just, it. You know, we're burning all we're we're just cro- we're just burning all the bridges tonight. Man. Yeah, <laughs> we're not. I determined that not a damn sponsor live is going to want to sponsor our show if we're done. I yeah, fuck sponsors. Yeah, I would like money. Uh, <laughs> speaking of that, Patreon's still coming. We're <laughs> it <laughs> is. We promise it is coming. So we're not. Yeah. We're not, we're not lying about it. It's just it's still yeah. still coming. We got ideas, guys. You're gonna love it. Uh, but Boston, you want to <laughs> wrap us up? Beautiful people of the internet, we thank you again for joining us in this episode. Uh, we hope to see you uh, more in the next coming months. But until then, uh, y'all have a great night. We have been BRBAFK, and you all have a wonderful life. Fuck GameStop. Fuck GameStop. Fuck GameStop. Fuck Discovery. And fuck Discovery. And fuck Discovery as well. Fuck them both. It's astounding. Time is bleeding. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely, not for very much longer. I've got to keep control.